Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, first podcast of 2022. Welcome. Uh, A little Monday morning pod here. English bringing us into the new year. Uh, wild and crazy times. We could do a four-hour podcast today. We're not going to, though. Sorry. I know you guys probably want to listen to us for four hours. Actually, I guarantee that you that you don't. But we appreciate you for joining us. We appreciate uh, everybody sticking around and hope you had a great new year. Uh, a very Merry Christmas, whatever you might celebrate. Uh, cheers to you. Brent Bloom with me via the Zoom today. How we doing, brother? What's up, my friend? Just, uh, just getting by. What about th- this? Has been the most stressful holiday season of my life, and it's not close. What about you? I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Oh, it's the it's worst. been nuts. So, and twenty twenty two is off to an interesting start as well. I know you're getting ready to go to like Jamaica or something. So. Yeah, well, attempting to. Uh, it's yeah, <laughs> long time coming to get into that country. But uh, what a genius move it is on our behalf to leave the country in the middle of a freaking pandemic but that's a long story um we'll see if we can get there uh, that's supposed to happen next week again stay tuned i'm i'm not holding my breath um but yeah it's just like it's just craziness everywhere i think the next four weeks especially in the midwest well anywhere in the united states with this variant situation it's going to go it's going to get nuts again but i mean nuts in a i think a lot of people are going to get this thing um that's one neither of us have it, but we're just being careful with you going to Jamaica just yeah. in case today. So we got um, a lot of Zoom stuff, but man, it's what a, what a wild time to be alive. I'm staying away from people as much as possible. Yeah, you have to have a negative test 72 hours right. a month. But the problem with this variant is, you, like, it really doesn't matter. Like from what I've gathered, it doesn't really matter your vac status or if you're having symptoms. Like you could just flip a coin and you could have this damn thing. So, right. Right. So we're just trying to be extra cautious. Obviously I'd rather be there in person and we're doing uh Monday morning. So it's coffee over Cody road. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Mississippi river distilling. I, uh, they helped me get through the holidays that that is for sure. Agreed. Yeah. No, we're, yeah, we're here on zoom. It's kind of a weird day. It's like half the people are working. Half the people have today off. It's, it's bizarre. Like my kid's not at school, but all these other kids are at school. Like it's a, uh, uh, weird, weird times. Uh, I feel like 
hopefully we can kind of start to get back to normal. I'm first time in my life. I was like, I'm just done with the holidays. Like I, I told my wife, I go, I want to burn the Christmas tree, get that damn thing down. Like I just want to move on. I, I, I still have one more fan. I've got a family Christmas left for me, my extended family. So, but yeah, man, it, what a weird. And then the, the bowl game was great. I mean, you go to the 80s in Florida and you come back here and it's like, my gosh, what are we doing? So I really weird week. Yeah, the bowl game was hard for me with my kids situation. Like I got down there and it was fine. My my baby was doing just fine. Like I didn't feel guilty for being there, but it, it was like a, I did feel weird going out and having a beer like when my wife was back. I, I just I kind of sat in my room a little, quite a bit and I, I read a lot and which was which was good. We'll get to the bowl game. Uh, that's actually where we're going to start today is with football. And then um, I, I, I downloaded something new, this uh, Evernote app. You ever use this app, Blum? Oh, yeah. 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 It's I, I put together a rundown for us today. Think that I mean, a new a new year, new year. Yeah. Well, now nah, it's just uh, I, there's so much to get to today that I, I wanted to make sure that we didn't leave anything out. And, that, and it starts with our friends at MechDyne and the MechDyne Corporation. Appreciate them. Um, I'm planning on being. Uh, I'm going to go to the game on Wednesday with Chris Clover. Uh, so uh, shout out to him. Uh, check out MechDyne.com. Uh, proud supporter of what we do here at Cyclone Fanatic. Huge supporter of the Williams and Bloom podcast. They are our presenting sponsor. Mechdyne.com. Uh, new year, new you. Uh, I would heavily advise you guys to go check out their job board. They love Iowa Staters. This is a brilliant company, a beautiful company that you can grow with uh, from the ground up. You can be anything from like a part-time IT person and grow in that, even if you're a college student. Again, they love Iowa Staters. So check out MacDine.com. I would encourage anybody to try and improve their situation as we enter a new year. Uh, plenty of basketball to get to. Another top 25 matchup coming up on Wednesday. We will get to that. I do want to lead. We haven't really had a chance to talk about the football offseason, uh, talk about the bowl game much, because uh, it, it's just like, bam, you get home, and um, number one, Baylor's coming to town in basketball. There's just a, there's just a lot. But, Bloom, that uh, honestly, that, that football game against Clemson, I don't want to pound my chest. That was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like, I, I thought that, I mean, I think I told you on our Wednesday night show, like it, this is going to be a defensive struggle. Whoever makes the biggest mistake on special teams or offense is probably going to lose. Iowa State did that, um, but I don't know. Like I, I, I don't take really anything from it because of all the guys that were out. That was my take going into the game. In fact, I actually think I'm more encouraged about the future of the program after the game, just because Clemson didn't. You know, they had guys hurt and stuff, but they didn't really have any opt outs. All that. Uh, and they they weren't at full strength. I don't want to make it seem like they were, but that's a big boy program. And the last time Iowa State went up against a big boy program in Orlando, I didn't think the Cyclones really looked like they. I, I want let's say looked like they belong, but physically there was a huge difference between Iowa State and Notre Dame, and you just didn't see that against Clemson, which was really cool, and and that made me feel pretty optimistic going into 2022. I think that's the right take. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that game, and Iowa State needed Brock Purdy to be great, and he was just okay, and then he had the one catastrophic error that changed the game. I mean, outside of that play, the game is dead even, and that's what it was going to take, and it wasn't all Brock's fault, obviously. I thought the line did okay, honestly. I mean, better than I thought. I thought Tyler yeah, they Miller were fine. had a rough. Yeah. yeah, 
He had a rough first two series, but then held his own, which is a great sign for the future. You talk about a you know a young guy who hadn't really played much at all, and then he's thrown in there against the Clemson defensive line and struggled early. It's like, oh no, this is going to be a long night. And then the last three quarters, he did okay, which is encouraging. I thought Downing performed pretty well at center, which provides a little more clarity if that's the way Iowa State wants to go next year. Um, but clearly, it was hard to run the ball against that, those guys. We knew it was going to be. And then the Iowa State's receivers had a tough time getting open outside of the one Hutchinson play. And then he got, you know, I mean, talk about a heroic effort. I mean, I don't want to overstate it. For him to play in that game after he just had surgery on his thumb like four weeks prior, he's like, I'm going to give it a go. I didn't really talk about this, but he was not planning to play. And then he's like, you know what? No, I want to. Like, I need to be out there. Um, and he had the one great catch and then kind of parked it for the rest of the game. But, no, I, I think – Iowa State physically was right there with one of the most, you know, prominent programs in the country. And it was a Clemson team that just ran over their last three opponents and didn't do that against Iowa State. And you could argue that, you know, Ugalele, I'm still going to botch his name even after the game, he made more mistakes than Purdy. It's just that the one Brock one was catastrophic and uh, DJ got away with his. It was just a spectacular Brock one. Like, Brock (laughs) Brock doesn't just like... (laughs) I, and that's why I love him because the, there's no quitting the guy. He's the biggest competitor I've ever. Him and Niang, man, like those two guys. Like I don't know if I have no two humans who hate to lose more than those guys. And Brock just never goes down without a fight. And that's why these turnovers looks. He is our Brett Favre, and and, and I hope that that's his legacy. He is our Brett, Brett Favre. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is pushing him, but Brett Favre is the greatest quarterback in the history of the Green Bay Packers. But he had a lot of those moments along the way, but you appreciated the shit out of him because of yes. those moments and how hard he played. That is my, that's my Brock Purdy takeaway at the end of this. hundred percent. And I know a lot was made of, of that play. And then the, the final drive where, man, that was same thing. It was just Brock though. It's yeah. just Brock. And we weren't you know, going to score up- on that drive. I, I, I doubt it. I, 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 I so. put the stat out Friday, C-Dub. It, it was amazing. The quarterback carousel that Iowa State had before Purdy mm. from 2010 to 2018. So an eight-year period, which is a long, long time. Iowa State changed quarterbacks once every six games. Once every six games for an eight-year period. And then Brock started 46 consecutive games at Iowa State. The, the, you know, the most reliable part about Brock Purdy was that he was reliable. And he had, you know, a lot was made from him. I'm, you know, his legacy and all that stuff will be talked about for, for years ahead now. But that guy was always there. He never, he played through injuries. I mean, there was his sophomore year. There was some thought, remember after the, I think it was the TCU game maybe, mm-hmm. where he could barely, and his shoulder was so banged up, he could barely move, like mm-hmm. couldn't really throw it at all. Um, but he played through it. And the guy was just rock solid and a great leader. And you know, it's going to be weird not having, 15 out there next year, but that was, you know, that's what you got from Purdy was he was electric at times, but he'd also, you know, have plays like that. But when you're, when you start 46 straight games, you're going to have some catastrophic mistakes just because you're in there so much. And, um, you know, I don't think it tarnishes his legacy at all. I, I, I think, you know, from a talent standpoint, I'll still say Seneca's probably the best quarterback I always had ever had, but from a production consistency, legacy winner, it's Brock Purdy. It just is. And, you know, you can, Absolutely. you can have the conversation, but, um, that didn't, that result didn't change anything I thought about Brock Purdy, but it was just, no, I, it was just kind of how the game, the game I thought would unfold and Iowa state needed him to be great. And he made the one mistake. 
and it, I mean, mistakes. and you can't really, you can't quantify like taking Brees Hall out of that offense, like the difference, and and then all the mixing up on the offensive line against that Clemson front. Like again, like I just. I don't know. I told you this all leading up to the game. I don't know why Iowa State was favored. Like I don't know why Iowa State was being picked to win that game with all the guys out and then Mike Rose on top of it. Now that and this is where I was so encouraged is like the defense looked great. You took Aishim Young out and Mike Rose out and I mean it was pretty seamless. Orion Vance was a, a dog. Um, this Bo Freiler is the real deal. Like I'm, I'm really, really like with Will coming back, and like I'm very, and we, we, it was confirmed that Orion Vance is coming back. Like the, the defense is set up. Like I mean, we're, we're going to spend a lot of time in the offseason analyzing the offense and, and where things are going to go. But like, man, like I, there will be like you, you, you don't just replace micros, but man, like I, I feel a hell of a lot better about that side of the ball. When you look at next year and you're going, well, this will be a rebuilding year. It's what we all thought. And it still will be to some extent. You lose all these guys, right? Like, But I don't think it's going to be nearly as damning as what we probably thought a year ago from now. I totally agree. And if you think about the players that made plays in that game, and at one point you had three or four freshmen in the secondary one time. So you had not only Freeler, who was a man. Talk about... Is it Freeler? Yeah, you miss Ice... Freeler. Freeler, okay. Yeah. Now, I've heard, I've heard Matt Campbell say Freiler. I've heard Bo say Freeler. So I'm going to go with Bo on this, just to, to know his own name there. Um, but you had Freeler back there. You had Craig McDonald. You had Miles Purchase all start. There's, there's two true freshmen and a redshirt freshman. And then TJ Ch- Tampa played a great game. I love Purchase, some great receivers. by the way. Yeah, he's, per- he's a and, dude. And, and then Verdon came in and played some snaps. So, man, it's exciting. You know, the question, the advanced news is huge because that's the one area where it's like, gosh, they're still, they got to get some help at linebacker. The, the Delaware kid helps a lot, Reader, who's going to probably come in and start. And then they are super high on those three freshman linebackers that signed. Um, they think the kid from Kansas City is at uh, Willick, could come in and start right away. So there's going to be some youth on that defense, but I agree. I don't think it's a big step back at all, if, if any. The, the one loss that is, is tough to quantify right now is a Wazirike in the middle, um, but you still have Singleton and Lee. I thought both played pretty well Lee's against a, Clemson. So. Lee's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think man, that, that was – plus Anthony Johnson, though, by the way, is back. So yeah. a lot of good news for that defense. And you know John Haycock's going to have him ready to go, so I don't think I would say drops off at all in that end. In fact, with the upgrade, and I think – and this isn't a shot at guys like Hummel and guys like – Eisworth and um, Daytron Young, but I think from a, an upside standpoint, these young guys could be better in the long run. Now they probably won't be next year, but by the end of the year, who knows? So I think this is pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, you did a really good job there of going through the individual guys. And, and my just takeaway, just from from sitting up in the press box and just looking at the physicality of the game, is that Iowa State's recruiting is starting to pay off. And the, and the, and this is where I wrote about this a little bit after the game, but like, you know, we always see this print when it's like Niang moves on or like, and you're like, Oh, we'll never be able to replace this guy. And you, and you don't like, I would say it still hasn't replaced George Niang, but you're not trying to like, right. And like all I, the only thing I know, and you name again, you did a really good job of naming off dudes who all played really well in that game. But physically Iowa state's like twos 
were completely on board with Clemson's ones. And that tells me that recruiting has taken a significant step up over the last two, three years. And as is development and you give Dave Andrews and I mean, it was after that game two years ago where Rudy Wade was shown the door. In fact, I don't even know if he got on the flight back. <laughs> uh, so, because Campbell was furious after the Kansas State game, how at the end of that game in 2019, about how they just got their asses kicked, like, physically. That's all it was. And then it, the same thing happened against Notre Dame, but Campbell was really happy after that game, though, because he thought the guys competed well, right? Well, like, I'm just going off of, and I look forward to talking with Matt whenever we do our little off-season podcast about this, but I, I just felt different, and that's encouraging. Because Clemson, I was ta- talking to my dad about this, like, I probably put too much into recruiting ratings because I've worked for the outlets, and, like, I, I understand, like, everything that goes into it, but, like, those aren't – that's not playing TCU at the end of the season. Right. That's a bunch of future NFL guys. And, and I, again, I, I don't care about the score. I don't care about yardage. Don't, I'm just saying that you looked like you belonged against those dudes. And another thing I liked about it, and this is a little bit weird, but, like, the television rating tells me a lot, too, because people tuned into that game. This wasn't um, – Little old Iowa State, Clint, like that. This was big boy football. I th- I, even like um, my, our friend Chris Hassel, like I was talking to him about it, and like he even validated what I thought because I'm like, I want to hear from an Iowa non Iowa State, and like it felt like a big boy football game, and I, it just not that Iowa State hadn't belonged in the past. They certainly had. They won the Fiesta Bowl last year. I'm just saying, like, I just feel a lot better about 2022. I, I I didn't think there'd be that big of a drop off. Like I thought that it, I was hoping Iowa State would be ten and two this year, drop off to seven and five, and I I, I think they could be a seven and five, eight and four team next year. No, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We they got, we got to see a lot of stuff on offense, and and they'll figure that out. But I'm just saying the development and the physicality is there to maintain this, so you don't drop from seven and five to you know, like the old days where you go from seven wins to three pretty quickly. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing. The, the vibe I got from the team after the game and on the way back was, yeah, I mean, they, they, they were crushed because it was a loss the last game of the year and you lose all these great guys, but it wasn't a disappointing. Okay. Where do we go from here? It was very much a man. We got some guys that will be able to get back here, you know? So it was a very optimistic tone. I thought in the Iowa state program and these guys are ready to work now for next year. And this actually in a weird way now, it would have been nice to have hall and Rose and, you know, Hutchinson played what three plays would have been nice to have those guys just to probably win the game. And you feel a lot better about a win than a loss, but in some way that game played out better for your expectations for next year in a sense, because you got to see a little taste of what this, this program could be. I would agree. You throw, you throw in the top 25 recruiting class coming in and it's, I think these guys are excited. It's, it's very much a going to be a Campbell type team next year. Iowa State's program is best when this sets the backs up well are against for the Matt. wall. Matt, yeah, Matt, this, this, he thrives in this spot. Hundred percent. I mean, you, the, anything they can do, and you saw. So one thing that I wanted to touch on. Matt's had a couple of interesting comments after the game of basically, you know, when we got here, what do you say? People were 
ashamed to wear the Iowa oh, State logo. Oh, this is interesting. And, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and, and so I think at first blush, if you're an Iowa State, I don't know if that is, I'm probably taking that out of context, but something like that. Eisworth right? said it. Um, I watched the press conference again because okay. this was started. I won't lie. Like, if you're just reading the quotes, it is a little bit insulting to people who have been there before. Matt has said things yeah. similar. It was Eisworth who, who said it. Um, but I, I also think that I know these guys well enough where it's not to be taken literally. Like, I, I mean, Matt has a tremendous amount of respect for Dan McCarney. I, I do think you're going a little too, like, I mean, were you ever embarrassed to wear an Iowa state hat? Like I, I never have no. been, but I think what they're proving, I think what they're saying probably in just not a very tactful way is like, look how far we've come since we've gotten here. Um, but I, I don't think that it's like trying to disparage people of the past. But I can no, see how you would to, say that if you just read yeah, the quote. 100%. Like at first blush, it's like, oh, probably not the most tactful way to say that. But the point is, this program has thrived when they've been doubted. Yes. And this was the program's way of saying in Matt's way. And then I'm sure Greg Eisworth got that from Matt because Matt said yeah. similar things, not to that level in the past. But to essentially say, you know, we've done this before. We'll do it again. We will show you, you know, we used to be here. Now we're here. If you're going to doubt us, we'll do it again. And this program is best when that's the case. And so they've got this rallying cry already. You saw the t-shirts down in Orlando, though we're still here. And that was the common refrain uh, you heard in the post game too, of, of these guys that are coming back. Jairo Brock said it three times in our cycle and radio network broadcast of basically saying, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the that's going to be the common thing this off season of I always say football is here to stay, and so I think, but very much a lot like Michael Jordan in, in a weird way. These guys thrive on doubters and haters, and so that's this is what that was. It wasn't it wasn't trying to take a shot at the fan base of look how embarrassing you all are. It's look at look how far we've taken this thing in a, in a positive way. We can do it again. I don't think you should take it, you know, at, at face value there is what they said. No, that's a good explanation. And it, it is like, if you just read it and you don't have that context, it is rather insulting, but <laughs> right. Like, and, and so I under, I'm not, the reason I say that, I, I understand why some fans were kind of like, what, what I've never yeah. been embarrassed to wear an Iowa state at, but there's context to this. They're not, I think you said it well. Like I, yeah, it's in a program standpoint, not a school standpoint. As if you know, yeah. Iowa State was never on the national scene, and now we are. Correct. And now we're not, and we're not going anywhere. That's right? a good rational way to yeah. put it. I, I, and I, people didn't recognize the Iowa State football brand. Now they do. Correct. Yeah, and I mean, cut them some slack. You say stuff in post game too. You're emotional. Like just cut them some slack. Give them some. Grace. And it was. A, it's not a. It big was a deal. long year. It is not it a. It was big a long deal. year for that team. Yeah. This this is not a big deal. I promise you. Like, it's not a big deal. Do you think Jamie Pollard? Uh, you know, was he embarrassed? Like, no. Like, n- this is not a big deal. Let's not make it one. That that would. Be but my, I think uh, that would be my so takeaway. Agreed. To your original point, though, this sets up really well for a great Campbell program building oh, offseason. Yeah, he's gonna he's is, gonna love next year's team. I can hear it already. Yeah, this is. This is why Matt stays in college. These types of situations. In fact, I think he'll have a lot more fun next year. But uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, well, last point too. I, I I did have this jotted down. I think here's a prediction on Orion Vance. 
I think he could have like a Tim Dobbins type NFL career. I think this is a really good move of all the guys deciding to come back. He kind of, he was hurt a lot this year. Um, he, he was going to be the guy, right? And then Mike Rose shows up and like, this is a great opportunity for this guy to have an all big 12 defensive player of the year type of season. I don't know if he'll win the award, but he, I think he's going to lead the team in tackles. Like he, I think Orion Vance, you mark it down January 3rd right now. He has a long NFL career. My, my prediction. That's good. That's interesting because he, he had a great Fiesta Bowl. He was the defensive MVP of the Fiesta Bowl last year. And I think he got hurt early this year. He did. Maybe even fall camp. I he, mean, no, he got hurt, Brent, against you and I because we didn't know if he'd play against Iowa, remember? That's right. Okay, that's what it was. So he was never He was healthy. never the same yeah. all year. In fact, there was some thought before the game, the Cheez It Bowl, he wasn't going to play that game. And he played really well. So I'm glad he did. Um, I agree. I think he, you know, McDonald's going to get the headlines. As he should, he's going to be a first-team All-American. But Vance is nearly as important because I would say it's so limited at the numbers at linebacker to having a healthy old Ryan Vance. He's a huge guy. Like this guy is six-three, two hundred forty-five, fifty pounds. I mean, he's a he's a monster, and he he adds another layer to that defense. And it's he's also there from an experience standpoint for those young guys that are come in that are talented. But you need an old guy in that locker room when you don't have Rose and you lost some of those backup veteran linebackers to the portal, it'll be nice to have him around. And I thought Gary Vaughn played well again yeah. uh, in the cheese bowl So it's having those two anchors will be nice. You can integrate those guys a little more slowly. All right. Um, that's a look at the bowl game. We've got all offseason to look ahead to next year. Uh, two shout-outs here. I've needed them a lot lately. Uh, my friends at the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center uh, not necessarily the men's center, but man, I've been in that urgent care a lot with kids, um, with myself, and it has been just an incredible uh, resource for our family. So check them out at iowaclinic.com. They even have, and, I, and I've, I'm learning about this too. If you have a, if you're asymptomatic and you need to test yourself for COVID, you can do that at the West Des Moines campus i because i have to do that again for this trip that i'm going on you have to have a negative test and i didn't even know you could do that you just drive through and they they test you and then you get your results in 24 to 48 hours so they're constantly evolving thank our friends in healthcare. this is a highly stressful time um get your flu shots all that if you haven't done that yet do all that i still have to get mine because i got boosted and they wanted to wait two weeks so i got to go back in and get my flu shot all that stuff whatever uh, but you can check out your, your portal and all that good stuff at iowaclinic.com. Uh, what a time to uh, need a healthcare provider that you can trust. It's also a good time to plug our friends at Gravitate Coworking and gravitatecoworking.com. Coming early here in 2022, it'll be Gravitate East Village. They're thinking this is going to be for a lot of the, you know, when Congress is open, uh, we'll have a lot of our uh, legislatures, like staff and whatnot, working. Uh, at Gravitate East Village. It's going to be, uh, I think it's the building, uh, yeah, it's it's the same building as Raygun, right up there, uh, the second floor. So it's over 10,000 square feet of community and workspace. So check that out. If you go to gravitatecoworking.com, you can get a look at that. They've got a blog uh, with all that and all the good stuff. 
gravitate Cedar Falls. Uh, of course, downtown, midtown, they're all over the place. This is you notice they're growing bloom. This is not a this is not a fluke. There's a lot of office buildings that are shut down. Uh, commercial real estate for good now. Uh, these co-working things are are uh, a thing of the future. So get in on it now while there's still a lot of space. And and go check it out. I mean, that's the neat thing is. I mean, Jeff's accommodating. If you're in one of those areas, you're like, I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. Tour those places, and I think you'll really enjoy the accommodations there. All right. Uh, basketball, Iowa State loses to Baylor, uh, number one Baylor, 72, 77-72. Uh, before we get into the game, the atmosphere was incredible. The um, just – I I always want students to be there, but those games are kind of fun too because you get a lot of the real rowdies – down in the um, you know the student section that don't normally get those seats, and they that that place was nuts for a New Year's Day game. Like, uh, in without students, like I I could believe it, but it was just really, really, really freaking crazy. So a great atmosphere. Uh, Iowa State comes up short, but there's a lot to be positive about in this game. I mean, you go one of fourteen from three. They're not that bad of a th- shooting team. You turn Baylor over 19 times. I mean, that's how you're still in the game. But uh, I, I thought they would probably lose this game. I think, to me, Bloom, my takeaway is the real test comes in the next few weeks. It wasn't ever one game here. It was yeah. how do you bounce back after these wars, you know, these just these rock fights that you're going to be in every other day, and how, and how do you keep that energy and that, um, that zest. Uh, but I – I was actually pretty encouraged after the Baylor game. What about you? Absolutely. I mean, my, my fear was Iowa state was going to, you know, play a Baylor and it was going to get away. And at one point it, it looked like it, it was going to, Yeah. Um, but really from the get go, it was apparent that Iowa State's style can even translate to the big 12. And you turn over a Baylor team that it handles the ball as well as pretty much anybody in the country with some veteran guards 19 times and they knew what they were doing. That's going to work against everybody, which is important because Iowa state offensively moved it pretty well, did not make a shot, but you're in the game because of defense rebounding and toughness. And those things will always be there. It's like, we've talked about this whole time. It's that Floyd era, Eustacia era mold of, yeah, we may not be the best offensive team, but we're going to outwork you. We're going to out hustle you. And if we do those things, the offense isn't glamorous, but we're going to be in the game. It's the it's the opposite of hoy ball era, right? Where Iowa State yeah. needed and it was always on. I mean, they were electric offensively, but that that wouldn't always travel if they had a bad offensive night. It got away in a big way. Where this team's always going to be around. Now there are going to be some slugfests, and that game really was. And you know what impressed me most was Iowa State's ability to handle adversity when it was clear that talent wise Baylor was on another level. I mean that Sohan guy who I hadn't really watched at all. And he's a first round draft pick. Like where do they, they just find this guy. Is that the England. guy with green hair? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a freak. He, so literally he's now a first round draft pick. He, he has wow. turned himself from like a three-star prospect. And now he's on all the NBA draft boards. That's impressive. And the Kendall Brown guy, the, the other big freshman, he's also a first round draft pick. And this isn't even talking about their best player, which is the Arizona transfer. So they got, they got guys and they made every tough shot. It's like, my gosh, if they would have missed a couple of those, Maybe Iowa State wins that game. Super encouraged. I thought ball movement was really good. I thought Tyrese Hunter, after a very disjointed first half, really settled down. 
and look like an all Big 12 type of player, which is great when you're going against those guards. So a lot of positives. Now, two things. They got to figure out Kalsher's situation. Like yes, he just no doubt. So there's something going on there, and I know you play, Baylor's a great defense, but Gabe just looks he, he just looks a little bit off. Right, he was now, a liability you know? offensively. He didn't want the ball. He, you could see I mean, he, he was he missed those two open threes and didn't take another shot. He didn't even want the ball in his hands. Yeah, it was very. And it, this is now what a couple games in a row where this has happened, and they just they need him to be a weapon in some. Capacity. Now, I don't know if that's me. Do you start giving Grill some of his minutes? I don't know that because Gabe is such a great defender. Yeah, he has. That his, you need him on that end. He so. has his role. And I, but I thought, you know, all things considered, Brockington was a dude again. Um, I thought Jones gave you something which was nice, and then Condit was rock solid. So a lot of positives from that game. But I agree with you, Chris. If you look at the next five. Like it is hold on for dear life. And if you, you know, Ken Palm right now, this is crazy to me. So Ken Palm has Iowa State, and they're all close games starting 0 6 in the Big 12. But right then now, ending 10 and 8, right? 10 and 8, or yeah. 8 and 10. 8 and 10, okay. But so you're looking at Ken Palm right now, right? So Tech on Wednesday, a one point loss. Oklahoma Saturday, a three point loss. Kansas, a 10 point loss. Texas, a one point loss. Tech again, a four-point loss. I mean, you're talking 50-50 games, all of them, but um, it's going to be tough. I mean, you got to – I think this week is as big a week for Cyclone basketball as there has been uh, since the last tournament team because I hope Iowa State can get one of the two. You know, we thought the Baylor game would be tough, but if you could get Tech Wednesday night or even Oklahoma and Norman Saturday, that would be really helpful to make sure – to give you some good feelings, you don't start that Big Twelve slate zero and five, zero and six. If you start two and one, you're you're still, I mean, you're depending on what happens. You could be ranked sixth or seventh next week. Absolutely. If you yeah, if you I mean, win I, those two games, I doubt Iowa State will drop too far. They'll probably drop down to what fourteen or fifteen this oh, week. I, I don't maybe. even think that far, but that that's just me. I mean, you lost to number one, and you covered. You know, right? That that doesn't. Not that that. It's the be all end all, but I mean, you you noted right after the game that after a loss, Iowa State moved up in Ken Palm. Now I'm I'm a little bit like I I think Ken Palm needs to make some adjustments. There's too much player movement right now to be Iowa State should not be penalized for two and twenty two last year, and they still are, right. which is yep. bizarre to me. And I think that we'll get into tech, but I, I think that tech's probably a little inflated because of that as well. Real quick, I, I thought this was really good analysis. Scott Christofferson, who's analyzing Iowa State basketball for us, he was asked some questions um, about the three-point shooting, and he put this up on Twitter. Let's hear his analysis before we get back to the shooting conversation. Good morning, Cyclone fans. This is Scott Christofferson with Cyclone Fanatic. Wanted to touch base on yesterday's loss to Baylor. I had a few people reach out to me on Twitter asking me about this and just wanted to address Iowa State's three-point shooting. I believe they were one for 14 from the three-point line. And looking over the game film and you know, check, kind of checking the, the, the key stats that I usually pay attention to, I have zero concerns about Iowa State's three-point shooting ability. They're not an elite three-point shooting team. I don't think they're going to become one, but they're not a one for 14 three-point shooting team either. And when I look at this game, I see 44 points in the paint. Just to give you a little perspective, 
Villanova scored 39 points total against Baylor. Iowa State scored 44 points in the paint against one of the best defensive teams in the country. Additionally, 27 free throw attempts. You shoot over 20 free throw attempts against a team like Baylor, you are doing your duty driving the ball to the basket with conviction. Really impressed with that number. And then 10 offensive rebounds. I think that's a great number for this team. If they can get to 10-plus offensive rebounds, I think that can be a kind of an X factor for them uh, in their offense and ability to create points. Look for those three indicators as we move forward. If they're doing that, the shots are going to fall. Yeah, one for 14 is disappointing, and I think the three-point shooting is probably what led to this loss. Baylor shot it well. We didn't. But they're doing all the little things offensively. They're going to allow you to, in the long run, shoot a quality percentage from the three-point line. And for that reason, I don't have any concerns about their ability to shoot the three. I, threes come in bunches. If they continue to do that, look for them to go on some spurts here in the near future, uh, filling it up from the three-point line. Uh, good analysis there, I thought, Bloom. What do you think of what Scott had to say? One of the great and shooters on. we've ever seen in that building. He uh, still leads Iowa State in uh, career three-point percentage at 44.5%. <laughs> so it's a guy who knows what he's talking about. Yep. He does. He does. And Scott, you know, he's very humble. Scott made 37, had 37 consecutive games with a three, which blows away the Iowa State record. So anyway, he knows what he's talking about uh, when, when it comes to shooting. You know, I thought, I thought he's dead on. I mean, if you again, back to the Floyd and Eustacia era, not great shooting teams but they out-rebounded you, and then they got to the free-throw line all the time. And if you look at, I always call the free-throw line the slump buster. You know, if you're trying to get out of that slump, you know, sometimes you, you just go for the least common denominator. That's the free-throw. It's like, that's the easiest way to get points. And if Iowa State's aggressive, and if you get that out of Tristan and Aruna, that was, I think we hadn't even mentioned him yet. Yeah. He was outstanding. You're not going to get him to play at that level every game. But if you get that intensity against the size of Baylor, super encouraging because he gives you another dimension on the boards and inside. And for his ability to get to the rim, get fouled, I think he would have shot 10 free throws. That is outstanding news for Iowa State and um, very repeatable. This is the neat thing with Iowa State. It's not a fluke because it's repeatable. And that's that's the best news going forward. Is you, can do, you can play this way every single game and you're not taken out of what, what the other team does. And, and Chris, I thought you had a great insider piece. Uh, I think it was last week. What really gave Iowa State issues in the non-conference offensively was all the junk defenses from the SWAC type teams. Oh man, the the Big Twelve doesn't do that. No. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna man up. Um, even Baylor doesn't play that zone anymore. Point is, Iowa State can run its stuff. It doesn't have to worry about some curveball somebody else is throwing at you. And so you'll be able to get. Tyrese Hunter is best when he's in that man-to-man offense and he can get downhill and get to the rim and set everybody up. He is not good against the zone. Now, could you see other teams throw the zone against Iowa State? I guess, but it's just not in many teams' DNA to do that. And so I'm actually more comfortable with Iowa State's offense for that reason in conference play than I was against some of those junk swack schools that are throwing the kitchen sink at Iowa State. The I think Gr- Grill will be fine. You know, he was he was one from six, had some good looks that he just I mean that that building was just ready to erupt on Saturday and Iowa State just couldn't put it together and to Baylor's yeah. credit they could just you know, they any Scott Drew's a maestro when it comes to that building. Like he he understands the energy of Hilton better than most Iowa State coaches do. And, he he had a two classic Scott Drew timeouts, uh, didn't he? Yeah. Like he just 
man, I he's such a good coach. And people are making fun of me because of how much I love him. But I just, you know, I've watched him from day one. I remember when he took over that program and how bad it was and, frankly, how poor of an in-game coach he was. And that now he's one of the best in college basketball. I appreciate it. I, And I know from talking to TJ, I mean, that's the type of program Iowa State wants to have. That, like, that, that was one of the best teams I've ever seen play in Hilton. But it wasn't even top 10 when it comes to talent. Like, we've seen so many more talented Kansas teams and Texas teams and, like, stuff like that over the years. But the way Drew has that culture and just those guys know exactly it, – it really – I I see a little bit of Iowa State – or of, of Baylor and Iowa State, and I hope that they can, you know, continue that with that toughness and that discipline and all that. I just – I yeah. really just respect Scott Drew a lot. That was a really good team. You know, it's interesting. They've kind of built that thing a lot like Hoiberg did early – with a bunch of three and four stars that hang around for a while now. Yeah. And then they've gone to the transfer market heavy. Now they, they, they've had a little bit more toughness and defense, which has allowed them to really thrive. But I thought what was most impressive about them is their ability to not get frazzled at all in that atmosphere. It seems like they had the answer every single time. And that's, that's good culture within that program, but yeah, they don't have, they've got probably four NBA guys on that team now, but they're not lottery picks. Although the Sohan kid, is rising off yeah. the boards. Meyer will be a, a first rounder. Uh, I think the Brown kid will be probably a first rounder. I think Flagler's got a shot, but he's he's little. Um, but yeah, and then even uh, you know the Akinjo will have a shot. He's not a big dynamic guard either, though. So a bunch of solid guys. I like those Fred teams where they don't overwhelm you with talent, but they overwhelm you with consistency and ability to play together. And that's something that's really hard to teach at a high level. And those guys play hard. And the toughest thing to do with a good team is to play hard consistently. And uh, that's what that team does. So uh, now that said, I think the big 12 is so good this year. A lot of people, you know, were tweeting at me, you know, I don't see this Baylor team losing. No, I, I think the big 12 champion this year is like 13 and five Hmm. C-Dub. I mean, I I don't, I mean, Baylor's good. They do not have high end. They're going to go flawlessly like last year. Because the Big 12 was enough different last year. I think the Big 12 is so good. It's going to be really hard with full arenas to win on the road this year that I think you're looking at 14-4, and 13-5 and five type champion. Yeah. I mean, it, I, can't, I can't argue that. Because Kansas I just, is good. I mean, my, Texas looked lights out Saturday, by the way. My argument for Baylor, I haven't watched the Texas game yet. I got it on DVR. My argument for Baylor would be, unlike Texas, and I haven't seen Kansas enough. I need to do more research. Um, Baylor, a lot of the same things you were saying about Iowa State is they're not going to have many off nights because of the way they, they will not. play. And if they they were significantly better offensively than I was anticipating on Saturday, but yeah. I, I also think, I think that's probably the best game that they've played offensively. They, don't you? I yes, other than the nineteen the, turnovers, but they hit shots. They are the team to beat. But I think – I mean, I've seen Kansas a couple times. When they put everything together, yeah. they play hard too. And they're and a high-level talent. talent. Yes, talent-wise, talent I think they are right there with Baylor, maybe exceeding talent-wise. They're not a cohesive unit yet. I think Texas is similar. If they get bought in – now, they got there's some rumors down there that they had a guy transfer. They got some issues at Texas. But they put it on West Virginia who had COVID problems Saturday. But I, I think those three talent-wise are above everybody else. Um, Iowa State's in the next tier, though. I think this is Iowa State's playing. It's not a top ten team. It's a top twenty team, from what I've seen, though. 
the way Iowa State plays in repeatable, they may start 0-3, 0-4, whatever, but this is still a very good team. Wednesday night is super important. Tech has not played a conference game yet. They come to Hilton Wednesday night. It's as big a game as the Baylor game. Sure, they're not ranked first, but winning this game would set you up in a lot of similar ways as beating Baylor. You won't get the national headlines, but it would you would still feel really good about where Iowa State is as a program if it can knock off uh, Texas Tech Wednesday night. Um, we'll, we'll get to Baylor or to Texas Tech real quick. Let's take a real quick timeout. All right, Williams and Bloom were presented as always by Mechdine, the Mechdine Corporation. The uh, the Texas Tech game coming up on Wednesday night. Bloom just set the table as to why it is as big as it is. They're the one team. Listen, like I I I, I wanted to do my due diligence before we went on. I spent a lot of time on them today. Really solid, uh, you know. But I also think that if you're looking at their analytics, man, like they are benefiting a lot from last year. Still, they just they have one win that I would call quality. They beat Tennessee on a neutral floor in overtime. Yep. Yep. And then the rest of their wins are teams in the 200s and 300s. Um, defensively, they're going to bring it. The one thing I note about them is that they are very experienced. Uh, Texas Tech is the 61st most experienced team in the country. Uh, they've got a front, you know, they're, they're st- they start two seniors, two juniors, and a freshman. But this is a team that, um, that will be in unison and then this is why they're going to be dangerous. We talked about Texas and you know Kansas, and they got a lot of newcomers. And they're you know I I don't know how locked in those teams are as like a unit. Tech's going to be locked in as a unit, and they are older and bigger. And this is again, this is the new Big Twelve. Just every night you get a team like this. So I think that they are probably a bit inflated though, Bloom, as far as their analytics go. I think that's fair. And, you know, for those who aren't aware, Mark Adams is the new Texas Tech head coach. He was on the bench with Beard this whole time. So he's actually known as the defensive architect that built that whole operation for Texas Tech. And so they haven't taken a step back defensively at all. And you're right, they're big and physical. A couple new faces in there, but a couple familiar ones. Terrence Shannon's been around for a while. He's their main guy offensively for Tech. You know, a really good swing guard, 6'6". Kevin McCuller's got a chance to be a really good player. He's also been around a little bit. And then they've added a couple pieces in the portal. Uh, one of them is Kevin O'Banner, who was on that old uh, or uh, Oral Roberts team that made that run to the Sweet 16. Uh, they're, they're post guy there. So he's a 6'8 veteran, you know, grad senior. No. They lost a couple guys to Texas. They don't have dynamic offense. And so this is another game Wednesday night where – who makes the shots? I mean, I don't want to oversimplify the game of basketball, but at the end of the day, Baylor made more shots than Iowa State. And I don't think the, the problem for Tech against Iowa State, something to keep an eye on, is they haven't had great point guard play this year, and it hasn't really been exposed yet either. And this is where Iowa State is one of the best in the country. And, and Frischilla said it on the broadcast. Tyrese Hunter, we may not realize it, he's one of the best defensive players in the country. You put him on the ball, he is a menace. And he could cause some major problems for everybody he's up against. You throw Hilton in the night game, I think Hunter's ability to pressure whatever Tech has at point guard. You know one of the, their guards is, you remember uh, Clarence Noldani or Noldani, who was a, an old uh, commit to um, Prome? Mm-hmm. 
And then he and then he decommitted oh, yeah. and went to, or he was in. I think it was Tech and Iowa State were the final two. So anyway, he's one of their guards. They're just not great at that spot. So I do if I was they can now. pressure okay. them, yeah. If I was they can pressure them, I think it caused Tech some problems. I again always a concern for Iowa State when you play a physical team like Tech is the other way. Hunter's got to take care of the ball. Kalster's got to take care of the ball. But I think this is a, obviously a winnable game, an important one for Iowa State. I think this this game really sets the table for what. Where is Iowa State in the pecking order below those top three? Well, what I appreciated about Saturday, I think the most, was TJ's response and that of Isaiah Brockington, too. Um, TJ was mad after the game. Like, I, I here I am, like the, well, I feel pretty good about this. And he is criticizing their on-ball pressure. And, like, they, I don't know. I, I didn't really know what to expect from TJ after that game, but they, I think that the you know you're talking about pressure. Uh, I would think too because of the comments after that game that that's going to be a focal point going into this one for sure. Brockington's at a whole other level. He's first team All Big Twelve right now. The uh, I need you to do some look. I mean, it just seems like it, and I haven't done the numbers, but free throws. I feel like he's going to shoot as many free throws as we've seen in a really long time from an individual cyclone. He went eight for eight. That's a huge plus. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of positive things with hoops. You got anything else on this? Well, or are we good? Well, to that to that point. So back to my. I just always love love talking about slump busters. Iowa State was dead last in the country last year in free throw attempts per game. Yeah. So what's the biggest difference offensively from a, a you know that this team is actually shooting a worse percentage from three than last year's team. However, it doesn't need the three ball because it has guys like Brockington to get to the free throw line, and so that is very reliable and consistent and and you can you can count on getting to the free throw line. Uh, huge hugely important again Wednesday night. Turnovers and free throws attempted. Keep an eye on those two things all year. If Iowa State's better in both of those categories, it can definitely uh, be a factor in the Big 12. That's the problem with um Kalsher's line to me. If Kalsher's 0 for 2, plays really good defense, yep, and helps facilitate, it's like whatever. He had six turnovers and he fouled yep. out. Like that so to me, like I mean, that's where you start negating your defense is when you're turning the when you're giving, and they were bad turnovers too. Like the one at the end of the game, he's dribbled it off of his foot. That's why I'm just like, I mean, the guy's clearly got something going on. He's played a lot of basketball. Uh, I'm very confident that he can snap out of this and have some really good games. But it to me, that, Bloom, that's where the Kalsher shooting is one conversation. Um, but if he's a liability with the ball in his hand, that's where you really have to consider playing Caleb more. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, that's the one thing Caleb does at elite levels. He doesn't turn it over, but he's also not really as much of a playmaker, although he's played pretty well in that role too. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, earlier and earlier, it seems like Grill's been coming into the game, but Gabe is so important because... Yeah, you can't give up on Gabe. Is, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's he, he and Brockington and Hunter are really the three guys on this team that can create their own, you know, and, and Kalsher just almost for him, just simplify it and, you know, try and just go back to the basics. I'm sure that's what they're telling him. Just get some shots up, try not to overthink it and see what you can do. And he's had bust out games before, even this year, hopefully he can get back on track and it's important for Iowa state. He, d- he does do that. Wednesday night, eight o'clock. The gauntlet hey, has, sh- has come. Sh- shout out to the Fenley crew. Comfortable yes. win. Dude, Ashley Jones, unbelievable. 
Ashley to, Jones and Emily Ryan. Emily Ryan ties the season or ties the assist record with Lindsey Fennelly, sixteen in the game. On uh, so I, I and I don't again and I'm like this with the men's game too. I'm just getting into basketball mode because I've been yeah, it's hard. The yeah. last month and a half has been. Uh, I know you guys don't. It's been just a zoo. Is West Virginia down or did we just kick the shit out? No, like what? Well, what both. happened there? They were down four starters or four, not four starters, two starters and two oh, okay. role players due to injury. And then it got out of hand. Because that's I mean, always Iowa a State really actually, good matchup between those two coaches. Yeah, West Virginia's picked third. Oh, well, that's what 12. I thought. Like I was, When I saw that score, I had yep. my last family Christmas, so I couldn't really watch the game. And I was like, jeez. Like, I thought it'd be a but good down, game. Down two starters, not because of COVID, but because of injury, um, which helped. And then Iowa State just took it to them. Iowa State actually defensively was pretty average the final three quarters of that game. It didn't really matter. So how about this? Emily Ryan now, in the last two games, has assist games of 16 against West Virginia and 15 against Prairie View A&M. Those two numbers would be the fourth and sixth highest in all of Division One basketball, men's or women's, this year. Wow. So, so she has been – now, as any good point guard will say, it takes people making shots for you to rack up assist numbers, but – She's been fun. I know Jones and Donarski get the headlines, and now the other Jones is, is stepping up at a at a high level. But Emily yeah. Ryan's been uh, been great too. The ceiling they for got this a chance team is very high. They I, they, I mean, they can win it all. What they about Baylor losing to K State? Right, right. That's my point. Is I mean, it, it was it's a three team race in my opinion. Uh, Baylor is still going to be around. Texas is really good, and Iowa State. But Iowa State absolutely can win a Big Twelve championship. In fact, I would they be the favorite? Right now, I I still man, Texas is still Texas, and I was just gonna have problems with them just because of the size. Yeah, Texas However, has been I weird. A, uh, like it, they Iowa State really had their number, and then they switched yes. coaches, and now it's kind of gone the other way. So it's it's, it's, it's a legit legit chance. So if you can get out and see that crew, man, they are they are a blast. They are a blast to watch. I, they have they have a, a home game. Saturday against TCU. I don't. Were they at the midweek? So check that out. I think they're on the road. They're at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They should win that. Yeah. So that, like, and the Big Twelve women's basketball wise is really solid again this year too. So road games will be difficult. Well, we're we're setting ourselves up for a fun winter. A hell of a lot better than last year with just not being able to go to games and just the how down men's the men's team was. And this is going to be fun. You've got two bona fide top twenty five teams who are going to be in the thick of things in the conference race for a long time. So I'll be, assuming I get to go on the trip, I'll be gone next week, so Jared will fill in for me. Um, the place I'm staying does not have a TV. So I'm going to... Good choice, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to be uh, creative on how I'm going to watch the Kansas game in particular. I'm not sure I'll be able to watch the Oklahoma game, maybe on a flight. I, I, I don't know. But uh, this is... Honestly, like, too, when when this, like, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it, it is what it is. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to, we haven't gone on a trip in a really long time, so I'm going to try and unplug and do all that stuff. But with TJ being the coach and with everything going on, it's really hard to, like, disconnect from this team. So we'll look forward to this yep. week, and then hopefully they can uh, keep surprising everybody. When I was on my honeymoon, it was the uh, Iowa State-Kansas game that had college game day. Oh, God. What a game that was, yeah. Yeah, what a game. and so we, 
I ended up FaceTiming with my in-laws on their TV so I could watch it on our final night in my honeymoon. That's, that's how, uh, that's man, how, that was probably not the best, that's how best sick decision you are. in retrospect. And then I, I ended up getting a Dominican victory cigar from one of those guys selling at the resort. Oh, that I'm not man. exactly a, a cigar smoker, but yeah. So maybe you could do the same thing. I'll, you can FaceTime me, pal. Dominican. I, I never been there. Have you ever been to Jamaica? I have not, but you're going to get the here. I think I'm speaking for our audience seat up. Don't pick up some random Jamaican illness while you're there. Dude, I can't handle anything else. <laughs> if I get some random Jamaican illness, I'm going to just die there. Let's just, <laughs> just call it a, call uh, it a career. Yeah. It has been such a bad, like, month and a half two months and then it tap it off with the daughter being in the hospital and like she's i hear you buddy but she's fine now but we can't we're not taking her back to daycare because she's coughing so much and we her body needs time to like recover so it's like now you have all these other you know complications on trying to child care and all that stuff it is just a i tell you what guys uh think before you have kids We love them, but you gotta, the best. gotta yeah. think before you do it, especially in the middle of a pandemic when everybody's just freaking out about everything all the time. Like, it's just, it's been a, uh, it's been a deal. All right, Bloom. Uh, good stuff Have today. Have fun down there, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see again. I got to get there first. I'm not, I'm not counting any eggs before they hatch. Um, he's Brent Bloom. The little English on our way out. And I know there's going to be a corner three, podcast so if you want more basketball jared and scott christopherson are recording later today on a monday uh so you can get more insight from those guys on that title nine this week as well we'll have um reaction coming up on wednesday night psycho fanatic radio back on kxno thursday night from six to seven so busy week ahead stay safe out there stay warm later Just the sins that were dead on the vine From the lips to the hips were complicit